part three chapter four section one of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter four the last resolution section one that morning many people saw pyotr stepanovitch all who saw him remembered that he was in a particularly excited state at two o'clock he went to see gaganov who had entered from the country only the day before and whose house was full of visitors hotly discussing the events of the previous day pyotr stepanovitch talked more than anyone and made them listen to him he was always considered among us as a chatterbox of a student with a screw loose but now he talked of yulia mihailovna and in the general excitement the theme was an enthralling one as one who had recently been her intimate and confidential friend he disclosed many new and unexpected details concerning her incidentally and of course unguardedly he repeated some of her own remarks about persons known to all in the town and thereby piqued their vanity he dropped it all in a vague and rambling way like a man free from guile driven by his sense of honour to the painful necessity of clearing up a perfect mountain of misunderstandings and so simple-hearted that he hardly knew where to begin and where to leave off he let slip in a rather unguarded way too that yulia mihailovna knew the whole secret of stavrogin and that she had been at the bottom of the whole intrigue she had taken him in too for he pyotr stepanovitch had also been in love with this unhappy liza yet he had been so hoodwinked that he had almost taken her to stavrogin himself in the carriage yes yes it's all very well for you to laugh gentlemen but if only i'd known if i'd known how it would end he concluded to various excited inquiries about stavrogin he bluntly replied that in his opinion the catastrophe to the lebyadkins was a pure coincidence and that it was all lebyadkin's own fault for displaying his money he explained this particularly well one of his listeners observed that it was no good his pretending that he had eaten and drunk and almost slept at yulia mihailovna's yet now he was the first to blacken her character and that this was by no means such a fine thing to do as he supposed but pyotr stepanovitch immediately defended himself i ate and drank there not because i had no money and it's not my fault that i was invited there allow me to judge for myself how far i need to be grateful for that the general impression was in his favour he may be rather absurd and of course he is a nonsensical fellow yet still he is not responsible for yulia mihailovna's foolishness on the contrary it appears that he tried to stop her about two o'clock the news suddenly came that stavrogin about whom there was so much talk had suddenly left for petersburg by the midday train this interested people immensely many of them frowned pyotr stepanovitch was so much struck that i was told he turned quite pale and cried out strangely why how could they have let him go he hurried away from gaganov's forthwith yet he was seen in two or three other houses towards dusk he succeeded in getting in to see yulia mihailovna though he had the greatest pains to do so as she had absolutely refused to see him i heard of this from the lady herself only three weeks afterwards just before her departure for petersburg she gave me no details but observed with a shudder that he had on that occasion astounded her beyond all belief i imagine that all he did was to terrify her 
by threatening to charge her with being an accomplice if she said anything the necessity for this intimidation arose from his plans at the moment of which she of course knew nothing and only later five days afterwards she guessed why he had been so doubtful of her reticence and so afraid of a new outburst of indignation on her part between seven and eight o'clock when it was dusk all the five members of the quintet met together at ensign urkel's lodgings in a little crooked house at the end of the town the meeting had been fixed by pyotr stepanovitch himself but he was unpardonably late and the members waited over an hour for him this ensign erkel was that young officer who had sat the whole evening at virginsky's with a pencil in his hand and a notebook before him he had not long been in the town he lodged alone with two old women sisters in a secluded by-street and was shortly to leave the town a meeting at his house was less likely to attract notice than anywhere this strange boy was distinguished by extreme taciturnity he was capable of sitting for a dozen evenings in succession in noisy company with the most extraordinary conversation going on around him without uttering a word though he listened with extreme attention watching the speakers with his childlike eyes his face was very pretty and even had a certain look of cleverness he did not belong to the quintet it was supposed that he had some special job of a purely practical character it is known now that he had nothing of the sort and probably did not understand his position himself it was simply that he was filled with hero-worship for pyotr stepanovitch whom he had only lately met if he had met a monster of iniquity who had incited him to found a band of brigands on the pretext of some romantic and socialistic object and as a test had bidden him rob and murder the first peasant he met he would certainly have obeyed and done it he had an invalid mother to whom he sent half of his scanty pay and how she must have kissed that poor little flaxen head how she must have trembled and prayed over it i go into these details about him because i feel very sorry for him our fellows were excited the events of the previous night had made a great impression on them and i fancy they were in a panic the simple disorderliness in which they had so zealously and systematically taken part had ended in a way they had not expected the fire in the night the murder of the lebyadkins the savage brutality of the crowd with liza had been a series of surprises which they had not anticipated in their programme they hotly accused the hand that had guided them of despotism and duplicity in fact while they were waiting for pyotr stepanovitch they worked each other up to such a point that they resolved again to ask him for a definite explanation and if he evaded again as he had done before to dissolve the quintet and to found instead a new secret society for the propagation of ideas and on their own initiative on the basis of democracy and equality liputin shigalov and the authority on the peasantry supported this plan lyamshin said nothing though he looked approving virginsky hesitated and wanted to hear pyotr stepanovitch first it was decided to hear pyotr stepanovitch but still he did not come such casualness added fuel to the flames erkel was absolutely silent and did nothing but order the tea which he brought from his landladies in glasses on a tray not bringing in the samovar nor allowing the servant to enter pyotr stepanovitch did not turn up till half-past eight with rapid steps he went up to the circular table before the sofa round which the company were seated 
he kept his cap in his hand and refused tea he looked angry severe and supercilious he must have observed at once from their faces that they were mutinous before i open my mouth you've got something hidden out with it liputin began in the name of all and declared in a voice quivering with resentment that if things were going on like that they might as well blow their brains out oh they were not at all afraid to blow their brains out they were quite ready to in fact but only to serve the common cause a general movement of approbation so he must be more open with them so that they might always know beforehand or else what would things be coming to again a stir and some guttural sounds to behave like this was humiliating and dangerous we don't say so because we are afraid but if one acts and the rest are only pawns then one would blunder and all would be lost exclamations yes yes general approval damn it all what do you want what connection is there between the common cause and the petty intrigues of mr stavrogin cried liputin boiling over suppose he is in some mysterious relation to the centre if that legendary centre really exists at all it's no concern of ours and meantime a murder has been committed the police have been roused if they follow the thread they may find what it starts from if stavrogin and you are caught we shall be caught too added the authority on the peasantry and to no good purpose for the common cause virginsky concluded despondently what nonsense the murder is a chance crime it was committed by fedka for the sake of robbery hm. strange coincidence though said liputin wriggling and if you will have it it's all through you through us in the first place you liputin had a share in the intrigue yourself and the second chief point is you were ordered to get lebyadkin away and given money to do it and what did you do if you'd got him away nothing would have happened but wasn't it you yourself who suggested the idea that it would be a good thing to set him on to read his verses an idea is not a command the command was to get him away command rather a queer word on the contrary your orders were to delay sending him off you made a mistake and showed your foolishness and self-will the murder was the work of fedka and he carried it out alone for the sake of robbery you heard the gossip and believed it you were scared stavrogin is not such a fool and the proof of that is he left the town at twelve o'clock after an interview with the vice-governor if there were anything in it they would not let him go to petersburg in broad daylight but we are not making out that mr stavrogin committed the murder himself liputin rejoined spitefully and unceremoniously he may have known nothing about it like me and you know very well that i knew nothing about it though i am mixed up in it like mutton in a hash whom are you accusing said pyotr stepanovitch looking at him darkly those whose interest it is to burn down towns you make matters worse by wriggling out of it however won't you read this and pass it to the others simply as a fact of interest he pulled out of his pocket lebyadkin's anonymous letter to lemke and handed it to liputin the latter read it was evidently surprised and passed it thoughtfully to his neighbour the letter quickly went the round is that really lebyadkin's handwriting observed shigalov it is answered liputin and tolkachenko the authority on the peasantry i simply brought it as a fact of interest and because i knew you were so sentimental over lebyadkin repeated pyotr stepanovitch taking the letter back so it turns out gentlemen that a stray fedka relieves us quite by chance of a dangerous man 
that's what chance does sometimes it's instructive isn't it the members exchanged rapid glances and now gentlemen it's my turn to ask questions said pyotr stepanovitch assuming an air of dignity let me know what business you had to set fire to the town without permission what's this we we set fire to the town that is laying the blame on others they exclaimed i quite understand that you carried the game too far pyotr stepanovitch persisted stubbornly but it's not a matter of petty scandals with yulia mihailovna i brought you here gentlemen to explain to you the greatness of the danger you have so stupidly incurred which is a menace to much besides yourselves excuse me we on the contrary were intending just now to point out to you the greatness of the despotism and unfairness you have shown in taking such a serious and also strange step without consulting the members Drigensky, who had been hitherto silent protested almost with indignation and so you deny it but i maintain that you set fire to the town you and none but you gentlemen don't tell lies i have good evidence by your rashness you expose the common cause to danger you are only one knot in an endless network of knots and your duty is blind obedience to the centre yet three men of you incited the spiegelin men to set fire to the town without the least instruction to do so and the fire has taken place what three what three of us the day before yesterday at three o'clock in the night you tolkachenko were inciting fomka zavyalov at the forget-me-not upon my word cried the latter jumping up i scarcely said a word to him and what i did say was without intention simply because he had been flogged that morning and i dropped it at once i saw he was too drunk if you had not referred to it i should not have thought of it again a word could not set the place on fire you are like a man who should be surprised that a tiny spark could blow a whole powder magazine into the air i spoke in a whisper in his ear in a corner how could you have heard of it tolkachenko reflected suddenly i was sitting there under the table don't disturb yourselves gentlemen i know every step you take you smile sarcastically mr liputin but i know for instance that you pinched your wife black and blue at midnight three days ago in your bedroom as you were going to bed liputin's mouth fell open and he turned pale it was afterwards found out that he knew of this exploit of liputin's from agafya liputin's servant whom he had paid from the beginning to spy on him this only came out later may i state a fact said shigalov getting up state it shigalov sat down and pulled himself together so far as i understand and it's impossible not to understand it you yourself at first and a second time later drew with great eloquence but too theoretically a picture of russia covered with an endless network of knots each of these centres of activity proselytizing and ramifying endlessly aims by systematic denunciation to injure the prestige of local authority to reduce the villages to confusion to spread cynicism and scandals together with complete disbelief in everything and an eagerness for something better and finally by means of fires as a preeminently national method to reduce the country at a given moment if need be to desperation are those your words which i tried to remember accurately is that the programme you gave us as the authorised representative of the central committee which is to this day utterly unknown to us and almost like a myth it's correct only you are very tedious 
everyone has a right to express himself in his own way giving us to understand that the separate knots of the general network already covering russia number by now several hundred and propounding the theory that if everyone does his work successfully all russia at a given moment at a signal ah damn it all i have enough to do without you cried pyotr stepanovitch twisting in his chair very well i'll cut it short and i'll end simply by asking if we've seen the disorderly scenes we've seen the discontent of the people we've seen and taken part in the downfall of local administration and finally we've seen with our own eyes the town on fire what do you find amiss isn't that your programme what can you blame us for acting on your own initiative pyotr stepanovitch cried furiously while i am here you ought not to have dared to act without my permission enough we are on the eve of betrayal and perhaps to-morrow or to-night you'll be seized so there i have authentic information at this all were agape with astonishment you will be arrested not only as the instigators of the fire but as a quintet the traitor knows the whole secret of the network so you see what a mess you've made of it stavrogin no doubt cried liputin what why stavrogin pyotr stepanovitch seemed suddenly taken aback hang it off he cried pulling himself together at once it's shatov i believe you all know now that shatov in his time was one of the society i must tell you that watching him through persons he does not suspect i found out to my amazement that he knows all about the organization of the network and and everything in fact to save himself from being charged with having formerly belonged he will give information against all he has been hesitating up till now and i have spared him your fire has decided him he is shaken and will hesitate no longer to-morrow we shall be arrested as incendiaries and political offenders is it true how does shatov know the excitement was indescribable it's all perfectly true i have no right to reveal the source from which i learnt it or how i discovered it but i tell you what i can do for you meanwhile through one person i can act on shatov so that without his suspecting it he will put off giving information but not more than for twenty-four hours all were silent we really must send him to the devil tolkachenko was the first to exclaim it ought to have been done long ago lyamshin put in malignantly striking the table with his fist but how is it to be done muttered liputin pyotr stepanovitch at once took up the question and unfolded his plan the plan was the following day at nightfall to draw shatov away to a secluded spot to hand over the secret printing-press which had been in his keeping and was buried there and to settle things he went into various essential details which we will omit here and explained minutely shatov's present ambiguous attitude to the central society of which the reader knows already that's all very well liputin observed irresolutely but since it will be another adventure of the same sort it will make too great a sensation no doubt assented pyotr stepanovitch but i've provided against that we have the means of averting suspicion completely and with the same minuteness he told them about kirillov of his intention to shoot himself and of his promise to wait for a signal from them and to leave a letter behind him taking on himself anything they dictated to him all of which the reader knows already his determination to take his own life a philosophic or as i should call it insane decision has become known there 
pyotr stepanovitch went on to explain there not a thread not a grain of dust is overlooked everything is turned to the service of the cause foreseeing how useful it might be and satisfying themselves that his intention was quite serious they had offered him the means to come to russia he was set for some reason on dying in russia gave him a commission which he promised to carry out and he had done so and had moreover bound him by a promise as you already know to commit suicide only when he was told to he promised everything you must note that he belongs to the organization on a particular footing and is anxious to be of service more than that i can't tell you to-morrow after shatov's affair i'll dictate a note to him saying that he is responsible for his death that will seem very plausible they were friends and travelled together to america there they quarrelled and it will all be explained in the letter and and perhaps if it seems feasible we might dictate something more to kirillov something about the manifestos for instance and even perhaps about the fire but i'll think about that you needn't worry yourselves he has no prejudices he'll sign anything there were expressions of doubt it sounded a fantastic story but they had all heard more or less about kirillov liputin more than all he may change his mind and not want to said shigalov he is a madman anyway so he is not much to build upon don't be uneasy gentlemen he will want to pyotr stepanovitch snapped out i am obliged by our agreement to give him warning the day before so it must be to-day i invite liputin to go with me at once to see him and make certain and he will tell you gentlemen when he comes back to-day if need be whether what i say is true however he broke off suddenly with intense exasperation as though he suddenly felt he was doing people like them too much honour by wasting time in persuading them however do as you please if you don't decide to do it the union is broken up but solely through your insubordination and treachery in that case we are all independent from this moment but under those circumstances besides the unpleasantness of shatov's betrayal and its consequences you will have brought upon yourselves another little unpleasantness of which you were definitely warned when the union was formed as far as i am concerned i am not much afraid of you gentlemen don't imagine that i am so involved with you but that's no matter yes we decide to do it liputin pronounced there's no other way out of it muttered tolkachenko and if only liputin confirms about kirillov then i am against it with all my soul and strength i protest against such a murderous decision said virginsky standing up but asked pyotr stepanovitch but what you said but and i am waiting i don't think i did say but i only meant to say that if you decide to do it then then virginsky did not answer i think that one is at liberty to neglect danger to one's own life said erkel suddenly opening his mouth but if it may injure the cause then i consider one ought not to dare to neglect danger to one's life he broke off in confusion blushing absorbed as they all were in their own ideas they all looked at him in amazement it was such a surprise that he too could speak i am for the cause virginsky pronounced suddenly everyone got up it was decided to communicate once more and make final arrangements at midday on the morrow though without meeting the place where the printing press was hidden was announced and each was assigned his part and his duty liputin and pyotr stepanovitch promptly set off together to kirillov
End of part three, chapter four, section one. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.